On this episode, we swap wine for margaritas and we deliver you a jam-packed all-star episode, including our post-NFL draft thoughts, the Aaron Rodgers trauma llama, a quick recap of the uh, Housewives all-stars and what we know, and much, much more. So tune in. Usually fill up your wine glasses, but for this one, fill up that margarita glass. Let's go. everyone literally tweeting right now episode i try to retweet and share on facebook while the countdown is going but every single time it's not quick enough we have to have like a one minute countdown i need i need more time to like figure my shit out on behind the scenes before we go live a one minute warning to our fans to like refill your wine like go out tonight Get a mark for Cinco de Mayo. So happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy 158th episode to Katie and myself and to the real football fans of New Jersey community. As we're always happy to get behind the mic, get behind the video camera week after week. We love talking to you guys. We love communicating with you. So we are just so happy that is episode 158. And we it is Cinco de Mayo. I am drinking a margarita tonight. So get it, girl. Looks, uh, I like the, uh, I like the mason jar. Uh, Mason jar, super cute. It is like my second one. I had one at dinner, so might get a little, little tips during the. (laughs) They are spicy margs too. I know you're a big fan of the spicy margs. So now tell me what, tell me what makes it spicy. What is it? The flavor of the tequila or what? So it is just uh, the Jose Cuervo, the white tequila or the clear okay. or Blanco tequila. Yeah. So it's just that. The kicker, though, and the secret ingredient is that if you do have a Trader Joe's by you, they make a seasonal beverage um, called it's a spicy jalapeno lime juice. Oh, yes. it is seasonal and it's very popular. So if you right. are near Trader Joe's, I recommend I you I go am. now and steal it off the shelves. Ooh. And it is, you need nothing else. You mix that with tequila, a lot of ice. Beautiful. Well, I got to tell you, I do. I do have my bar cart right next to me. And I do have a lovely bottle of jalapeno infused tequila. So that is right up your alley. So yes, I'm digging (laughs) it. Going to Trader Joe's. You honestly, you have to. It's absolutely delicious. I've seen it. This is the first time actually I'm trying it tonight. Um, But I've seen it for many a years and I love Trader Joe's. It is one of their hot items though. So again, it flies off the shelf. So, and it's only in the springtime. So, but great addition, great great margarita pumped about it. All right. 
So let's go ahead and get into our show this evening. We did ask you for questions across our social media platform. And as always, thank you for participating. And you can ask us questions as we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But we have some pre-canned questions before the show is starting. So we have re five really, really good ones. Let's get into it. So first one, what new wines have you guys tried recently? And were they good or bad? Um, I have two. One is, is funny. It's kind of like, it's an, uh, a wine that I used to drink a lot back in the day. And then I never saw it in stores. And I recently saw it again. I was like, I forgot it existed. I actually found it at the Wegmans, um, by Caitlin and I, and G bless, G bless, God bless, God bless, God bless. Um, and it's called red truck. And I used oh, to Oh yes. Yeah, I you see Caitlin remembers. I used to drink it a lot in the day and it's a red blend and I think you guys yeah. all know I'm a big red blend gal. Um and I saw it the other day and I was super excited. It's pretty easy to spot if it is in in your local, you yeah. know, liquor store. It's a picture of a red truck on the label um and it's really good and I highly recommend it. And then the other one, I unfortunately don't have the name of it. Um, but my friends got my husband and I a wine and like cheese subscription when we moved into our new place. And it was a Pinot Noir, like one of the bottles that we got was a Pinot Noir. And I love Pinot Noir as well. And we all drank it and it was really, really, really disgusting. And oh, I was yeah. like, I don't think I've really had a Pinot Noir that like I hated. Yeah. And my husband said it's, he was the one that caught it. He was like, it smells and tastes exactly like a specific brand of bug spray oh no and it was funny because i was trying to get the name of it before our show tonight because i knew we were getting this question and i was like pinot noir that tastes like bug spray in google and i couldn't find it but in no. it came up of why certain wines taste like bug spray so it's oh. like a and the, I read the answer, but it was very like scientifical and it was from somebody who like works at a vineyard. And I was like, okay, can we like get the non winemaker version <laughs> of this answer? Um, but lo and behold, people, there are wines out there that taste like bug spray. So don't be freaked out if you land on one. Well, it's so interesting you say that because like white wine, I'm like a huge snob with and like there's, yeah. I just can't go toward, I know like what my area is. Like I know what not to try reds though. I feel like I'm very open to all reds and right. I don't think I've ever really had a bad red to be honest. I know. Like, so I'm very surprised that you say that. So I'm, <laughs> I hope I don't get a, a bug spray red anytime yeah. soon. Um, but a wine that I, so I stick to, so there is a Chilean Chardonnay that I drink. That's all I really drink. It's real. It's all I drink. Um, it's called like okay. Fonterra. My dad found it. It's actually a pretty cheap bottle and you can get a big bottle, like the big one. Like I know okay. it sounds like pretty like cheap, but it's, um, but it's actually really delicious. And Chardonnay for me is like to find a really good one is hard. And I like a yeah. good dry, dry, like stiff Chardonnay. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like buttery. I'm not like right. I, a very oaky one is gross to me. So, and that's my drink of choice. So you find a wine you like, you stick to it. So I've always okay. been, this is the wine like I drink all the time, but my sister um, actually ran a fundraiser early in 2020, um, yeah. excuse me, early 2021. And it was with a company called One Hope Wine. I got some and too. I got some bottles from her. 
So I got two cases, like literally two cases. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, they were doing a great deal. I bought the yeah. one case and I got like 75% off another case. I was like, all right, I'm not going to say no. Right. Every, and I tried everything. It was because the cases were variety. So it was Chardonnay's. There was, you know, Pinot, uh, yeah, Pinot Grigio's in there. I had a, a sparkling rosé. I had a couple reds too. I got to tell you, they were all delicious. Um, they were all amazing wines and they're all collab like wines. So, you know, it's like Robert, the Robert Madavis of the world are partnering right. with another vineyard and they're coming up with a wine. So, and the best part about it is that they all uh, give back. So right. one in the, the bottle of wine tells you what that wine, like that purchase is going to, whether it's, you know, um, like food banks or it's, you know, hurricane relief or, you know, clothing show things like that like it just tells you what it's giving back to like cancer research so that's why i love the whole concept of it and i think yeah. that was the one thing my sister was fundraising for was i think it was breast cancer research mm -hmm. i believe um and honestly it was just it was a great thing and they're very affordable and you get a lot of good varieties in there so really um really pretty bottles too caitlin's sister oh, um, yeah. as a housewarming gift got me a really really adorable champagne bottle in all like gold sparkly glitter and it said home sweet home on it and you know there were other like birthday bottles and whatever yeah. so they're really good um to give as a gift and then even better like you said because you know you're buying a gift for somebody and it's also giving back yeah. so you're absolutely right i bought a bottle as well then obviously your sister got me the champagne and both were really really good so that was great that you mentioned all it. delicious yeah so one hope wine is the name of it so i know um i wasn't drinking wine obviously during the lent season but i'm back so i'll probably order another case from them and i'll bring it on the show and i'll let you guys know but great great wine there yeah all right number two what are your thoughts on ebony's first appearance mm -hmm. on the real housewives of new york yeah, we had our Roni premiere last night. Super excited. We did. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so used to like all of our shows being on Wednesdays that like yesterday I was like, oh my God, Roni tonight. Um, and Ebony was kind of like, she wasn't what I was expecting. Maybe I didn't even have like specific expectations or mm -hmm. what I thought she was going to be, but she was very bubbly, like a very big presence, very strong personality funny, um, like strong, powerful, like she's a boss ass B. Um, yeah. and she seems, she seems cool. So that was kind of my first impression of her and I'm excited to see more. Yeah. We definitely see a lot of like, you know, first, you know, rookies, like their first episode, you know, you get their backstory, like when they're by themselves, but when they're like introduced to the women and they're brought in, like, they're not always just like, you know, insertive and there's like, you know, kind of there and like you get like, shy little shy like the women ask them questions here and there you know i thought she did a great job you know inserting herself you know she you know acts like she's been a part of the crew for a while i think that's yeah. great um for some reason though I, I thought she was married maybe it was because she brought up the you know the um engagement that she called right. off but for some reason though i, I really i thought she was married um but she's not so i love another single, single house ladies single roni lady on the dating market and is dating yeah. someone so so I think the thing that the thing that stood out to me the most that like, Katie and I were texting back and forth about which we were cracking up like she was talking with Leah about like dating guys and how like Leah was like I can't 
I can't go to the bathroom and like and a guy's house. Like I can't, like I thought I'm going to stay a weekend. Like I get a colonoscopy. I can't do anything. <laughs> and Ebony was like, no, like you take me out to dinner. Like I ate, like you better expect me to go to the bathroom. And like, it was just like Katie and I are cracking up and like, that's like my mentality for things. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Leah. I'm Leah in that situation. But it was, Ebony was just so funny. She was like, no, a man should know. Like if you're going to feed me, like you better know something's coming. <laughs> So, I just thought that was hilarious. Like it was, I think I, I did. She liked my tweet. Caitlin I tweeted it and she liked I it. I did. Because her comment was, bitch, I ate. So, I, <laughs> so I, I quoted that and I was like, honestly, Ebony is so far a great addition to yeah. this group of girls. So, and she did like it right away. So we're, Katie and I are getting Our in with DFF. the new getting in with the new girl. But yeah, I think so far, so good. Uh, we yeah. have a long season to go. So, right. so we will see. Yep. Alrighty, so this one's a two-parter. Describe okay. the Giants draft and the first episode of Real Housewives of New York in one word. So one word each. Okay. So one for the draft and one for Roni. The Giants one definitely like popped into my head immediately. And I, I don't know, the word groundbreaking kind of came about. Yeah, I like so, that word. Groundbreaking in the fact that like, Nobody ever expected Dave, Dave Gettleman's never traded down and he was not, didn't just do it once, did it more than once. Um, so that was groundbreaking. Um, the fact that we were all a hundred percent in our minds picking out 11, if yeah. anything, we were going to uh, come back a couple spots, move to number 20. Um, I don't know. It just felt groundbreaking. That That's the word that popped into my head. Like it just wasn't what we were all expecting. And it was just like, oh, oh, oh. so I don't know. Uh, maybe my word should have been, oh, <laughs> just a sound, just a sound effect. Mommy was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my Roni word is bittersweet. Um, yeah. I'm so happy to be back with Roni. Obviously, like it's really been my favorite franchise since, you know, me starting to watch Housewives years and years and years ago. Uh, but of course, it, it kind of feels weird with being five women. I said yeah. that to Caitlin last night. We've said it before. Um, you know, we're missing, we're missing Dorinda, we're missing Tinsley, we're missing Bethany, we're missing a lot of people that, you know, we were so used to seeing and holding on to. And, you know, I think Ebony's going to be a great addition. But at the end of right. the day, like we only have four faces that we're used to. And then only five girls total. So I'm super excited that it's back. It just felt bittersweet in the fact of like, I hope, I hope that's not a feeling that continues for the whole season where I feel like the cast is lacking. Like right. I hope these five girls can bring it because I feel like that's a lot of pressure. There are just five of them. They it is, really, yeah. really have to bring it. I think the last time a franchise was this small was, I think it was OC or Beverly Hill. I, mean, I, think, I, I think it was OC. I think Roni, their original season, I think was five women. Was five. Yeah. Um, but, but it I usually think doesn't happen now. Orange County, I think, had a small crew like two or three years ago, I think. A it's smaller just, crew. Rare. It doesn't really yeah. happen that often. Oh, for sure. Now. Yeah, no. So I think those are good words for sure. Um, so for the... And I did this like on purpose. Like I wanted to be like on the spot for this because I like yeah. think, sitting down thinking about it. You're like, oh, it could be so many things. So I think for the Giants draft, I want to go with the word development because I do truly think we are developing still. And I think we made a lot of good moves to continue yeah. to develop in certain areas. So I think 
that and you know and clearly too like we made moves to and we'll talk about it in a little bit like in the future so like we made moves right, for the right, future right. as well so we can continue to develop in years to come so that's the word that comes to mind and then I think for Roni I think I'm going to go with comfortable because I know yours is bittersweet, but I think turning on, you know, the TV last night while I was excited, it was just a, it was a comfortable feeling for me. Like Roni's yeah. finally back. Like it's back into like our schedule and things like that. And you have like, you know, all the women returning and it just, it was a comfortable setting for me. So I hope, you know, the, the tables turn a bit and it gets exciting. And we obviously have spoken about the trailers so far and we saw a lot more last night. It looks, it looks good. Like it looks like there'll, there'll be a lot, but um, so we'll just see. So right now I'm very comfortable with it being back on, but let's see yeah, if we can definitely, on. let's see if it can measure up to New Jersey. Cause obviously they've delivered so far. Right, so. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, so this next one's number four with so many wide receiver weapons for, for now, for the New York giants, who will be their top three in receiving yards this season? Yeah. Well, um, I don't think this just has to be limited to wide receivers. Obviously we, we have Evan Ingram at tight end. We also have Kyle Rudolph at tight we end. Do. You have Saquon Barkley. If he's healthy and plays 16 games, he's bound to rack up receiving yards, um, so I think a lot of guys can get in the mix on this and yes, we've added so many weapons. Um, so I think this question's really difficult, but in order, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay at one. I mean, he is a WR one for a reason. So yep. yeah, I am expecting him to put up WR one numbers. I'm putting him at the one spot. Number two is a guy who has kind of like and I don't know if it's because people have had the injury bug and he's been consistent and he's kind of like been there to pick up the slack a little bit. But if you look at his numbers, he's pretty high up there in receiving yards in the last couple of seasons for us. I'm going with Sterling Shepard at yeah. number two. Um, and last but not least, whether you love him or hate him, Giants fans, I know this is like, but um, Evan Ingram gets targeted a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And yes, he might drop some of those targets, but he's still the number of targets that he gets because he is kind of a difficult tight end matchup for defenders to, um, you know, go up against. I am putting Evan Ingram at number three and he, he racks up the yards too, as much as like he could yeah. add more if he wasn't dropping passes. He, if you look at his stats, his stats are pretty nice. I'm putting him at the three spot. So I'm actually in full agreement with you. The only asterisk really, though, is that I do think in the offseason, you know, and in preseason as well, I do think him and Kyle Rudolph are going to be going head to head for that, you know, that number one slot. And who knows, there's still there's still room right now for things to happen to that tight end position. We could potentially look at other people. Evan Ingram could potentially still be gone. Like it's not it's like so there's still that potential there. And I think that we brought on Kyle Rudolph to kind of give a little shake there. Do I want the Giants to actually do something? If someone's playing bad, bench them. Yes, we need to get to that don't pull an Eric Flowers of like two right, three right, seasons right. ago like let's never do that again sorry it sounded like someone was knocking on my door I looked over to the yeah. right <laughs> who is knocking you know it's the real football fans so I, I imagine you're with Galladay and Sterling did you also yes Ingram well, yeah. So that was my asterisk oh, that it was okay. it was Evan Ingram backslash Kyle Rudolph because I think that oh, wow. they I just think a tight end will get it in that third spot 
Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really surprised. Who the tight end is. I'm really surprised that we ended up um, being three for three on that one yeah. because I felt as though this was a really difficult question because there's well, so many guys you can plug in. I'm not going to go with the rookie. I No offense. Like, I think, you know, he'll do great. But I want to make the argument that, like, he could. I mean, look what, look what Odell did his rookie year. And Odell played like 12 games. He didn't even play a full 16. It could happen. It's it just could. a question mark because he's a rookie and we don't know what it's going to look like. Right. Um, and obviously we have Darius as Darius well. So, and look at I him. Mean, John John Ross was adding the offseason. Yeah. Like I said, Saquon could definitely rack up some yeah. yards. So there's so many weapons. And right. let's just hope they all. Everyone. Everybody. Everybody, receiving yards for everyone. Pass them around. Let's all be yeah. the top receivers on the team. Even let's yeah. throw Daniel Jones in the mix. So. <laughs> hey, Kadarius Tony um, used to play quarterback. I know. So he I saw that. the ball to Daniel Jones on some trick plays. Let's do it, baby. And apparently he has a ridiculous arm. So I'm already ready. seeing it. I've got like tunnel vision of that happening. Like I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, let's go. Yes. All righty. And then our final question of the night, uh, mm -hmm. will Trevor Lawrence be a top 10 fantasy quarterback when the season is over? So when they rank fantasy quarterbacks at the end of the season, will he be in the top 10? No, he won't be. Um, I think he will be actually. So I'm going to counter you on this one. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. I think usually like if you see, like I think the rookie touchdown record is like, I want to say 24, 26. And in the grand scheme of things, like that's great for a rookie, but that's not like great overall when like your top guys are throwing like 40 something touchdowns a season. Um, and so I could kind of see him like having a great rookie uh, year, but as far as great rookie years go, the numbers aren't like astronomical. Um, so I don't think he's going to crack into the top 10 and, and that also doesn't just go with him. It kind of goes with his weapons in Jacksonville. Right. Um, so that plays a factor as well. I, I don't think he cracks into the top 10. So where I'm thinking it from a fantasy perspective, like when you're looking at points, it's they're going to give Jacksonville is going to give this kid every opportunity in the book to launch it, to pass it off, to throw a touchdown quick. Every opportunity that Trevor Lawrence has, given his name, given his stature, his previous everything that he came out of Clemson, does right. Jacksonville put all of their literally eggs in one basket with him? And they are just going to give him every opportunity. Is every opportunity going to work? Absolutely not. But right. they're going to give him so many that not many quarterbacks are always going to get. So I think that's why he does break the top 10. Will it be number 10? Most likely, probably. Yeah. But I do, I do think he breaks it just because of the amount that they're going to make him do, give him everything like that. I think he would be a great backup quarterback for people in fantasy this year yeah no listen honestly, and, then, and, then listen, and then if you're right and he pans out and he's like a star like you start him then you start him but yeah. i think it's don't be, like yeah don't yeah. be stupid with him if you can right, get a right. veteran if you can get two veterans in your one two spot like don't be dumb but if right. you're in a pit bull and you kind of went way way aggressive in every other position and now you're like shit i need a quarterback or like i right. need a back of quarterback like or someone gets injured yeah don't don't shy away but yeah. i do think that he he i think it will break that area and it just because of how much they're gonna they're gonna give him all right fair enough so those are our questions um as always again though you can ask us questions uh live so shoot them in we'll answer don't you worry yeah. great don't be shy. love them those were good yeah. ones
They were good. Um, let's get into our first story of the week in the world of football. And I want to just give a spoiler alert and say that uh, obviously we're going to be talking about the NFL draft that happened this past week and weekend. Um, and we're going to be discussing it in our game, answering a lot of questions about it. But we kind of wanted to give a little bit of a just first off and for foremost, we wanted to do a Giants draft discussion. Mm -hmm. um, we, we said a couple of things already, uh, just kind of some discussion points we want to bring up and tell you how we're feeling as two Giants fans after a very interesting draft <laughs> that caught us all off guard. But uh, so let's just start right there, right? Uh, we had the 11 pick. Chicago ends up trading with us. Chicago gets our 11 pick. We get their 20 pick plus a fifth rounder from this year and a first, yes, you heard me all correctly, a first and fourth round pick in next year's draft. Uh, that's huge. Now, listen, Chicago ends up drafting Justin Fields um, at, at 11. They also have Andy Dalton, right? And... To me, it's like you could play either guy. Why are you smiling like that? Because we're going to talk about it later. It's just such an interesting topic. Like, okay, okay, okay. Like, I didn't know if I like said something that was no, wrong. no. I'm just smiling. Um, um, the yeah, draft so, is so exciting. It's just it was. so they end up with Justin Fields, right? They go and land their quarterback, uh, but they also have Andy Dalton. Mm -hmm. And to be quite honest, like who says who's going to start? You know, it could right. be like obviously the goal is Justin Fields, but. You could feel like you have the opportunity to let a veteran go in, let the rookie learn. Uh, and to me, it's like either way, whoever plays, I, I'm thinking that the Giants are snagging a maybe a you know a, definitely a top ten, maybe even a top five pick in next year's draft when they snag Chicago's first round pick. So the fact that the Giants got this, especially and and you know picked up more more picks along the way when we didn't have much in this year's draft and it's, it was great. I, I really loved it. And then you pair it with who we took at 20 wide receiver Kadarius, Tony. Um, and when you package it with him, right. getting a playmaker, getting one of the best wide receivers in the draft, that was a position we constantly talked about wanting. Um, and you pair it with everything we got. That's a home run in my book. I was really like, I know we were all like, at first, who's Kadarius Tony? But that's because, like, we were all looking at 11 and we weren't reading past that. Right. You know what I mean, we didn't have an extensive amount of knowledge about the guys that were going after 11. Uh, but when you started to watch it and see and read, and I'm, I'm super excited. I'll say more, but I'll let you speak first, too. No, so I'm definitely excited as well. Um, I'll definitely admit that at first. Um, so I got it. So, okay. So ESPN, like for some reason, like I don't understand why analysts were allowed to tweet out who was picked and what was going on before what Very was happening annoying. on TV. Super annoying. Don't do that. You're really going to lose like viewers on TV and like, no offense. Like I want to watch it on, on Twitter. Like, yeah, unfollow. like I don't want to see the spoiler. Well, that one analyst, the New York analyst, I did. I was like, I stopped looking. I couldn't look at him anymore. Yeah. He was giving away everything. So, yeah. I, so that was, it was giving me so much anxiety because I was reading Twitter, looking at it happened on TV. Like my boyfriend was over and he was like, Oh, like I just looked like they traded. And I was like, what do you mean? they traded? What's going on? Like I, so 
I definitely had so much anxiety built up that when the anxiety yeah. was happening, I missed that they moved to 20. So I did text Katie and she has the receipt. I just thought we didn't have a first round pick anymore. So that's why I was mad. Initially, I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, we we can't just give up this pick. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, no. Yeah. So when once it was reaffirmed that we moved to 20, right? I did say on the show that I would be comfortable around 18. It actually did yeah. work out for us that we moved actually two back to 20. Mm -hmm. Um, once it all happened, um, so obviously again, like, you know, you're, you're not expecting a certain guy, like you are wondering like who he is, you know, once I, after settled down and was not sweating anymore, yeah. um, obviously I am aware of who he is just from playing Alabama, like week after right. everything like that. Right. So I, yep. SEC. I, I do know, um, the stature of him, obviously it helped me a lot more to read more, to watch more right. video. Um, I am the next day was just a lot happier and pleased with the move that we made. So right. in real time, like I could be like that guy that was filmed in real time when Daniel Jones was picked, mm -hmm. kind of like, so like, you know what I mean? I think I was actually calmer when we picked Daniel Jones, to be honest, as opposed to this draft, because again, it was very chaotic and like, mm -hmm. this should be my get it off my chest. Like I was like, it was Twitter world and it was ESPN. Like it was, they were yeah. battling each other. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, stop, yeah. like something needs to stop. Like, yeah. I, so well, there was just a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Kadarius Tony, here's a couple of things I just want to say about him. Once we did do our research and everything like that and learn more about him. Um, Play, big time playmaker, yes. explosive, hard to tackle. These are all the thing. He can return punts. These can are all catch the, the ball. These are all can throw the ball. Um, these can are all things it. that we have read um, and seen. Big big playmaker. That's like the number one. Like he's gonna hit, have your home run hits. And what I loved is a lot of the comparisons I saw. I read more than one article. I think I read more than two articles that called him the wide receiver Alvin Kamara. I mean, hello. I read I read more than one article that described him as Debo Samuel, which doesn't really surprise me because if his big thing is he's very hard to tackle and he breaks tackles, that's Debo's game. I mean, Debo is so dangerous because he just bounces off off of tackles. Um, I even, I even saw an old school reference calling him Chad Ochocinco. Uh, I, I saw, yeah, I love Chad Ochocinco. Really I saw Tyreek Hill. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Alvin Kamara yeah. and Debo Samuel. Okay. I'll take it. Um, so everything that I read and saw loved it. Uh, we did more trading. We traded back in the second, we traded up in the third. We'll talk a little bit more about those picks. Um, Anything you wish the Giants did differently in this draft? So I think that when the draft initially ended, I was probably on like the bandwagon of like, why didn't we get a lineman? Why didn't we draft a lineman? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people felt that way. You know, you know, our buddies over at Talking Giants were pretty, you know, flustered about it and, you know, did like good like commentary on like, you know, why it was a mistake and things like that. What kind of grounded me and brought me back to earth, though, and, and gave me confidence in Gettleman, Joe Judge, and every other you know management position within the New York Giants and kind of where we're headed is that we spent a lot of real estate last year on mm -hmm. the line. We and did. it's time to 
invest in that real estate and those additions to the team right. and really trust them and to build on that. So I've heard they really, really, really like Matt Pert. That's a guy I've, that we drafted last year. And I've, I've been heard, hearing it's, it's Matt Pert season, apparently. It's Matt so, Pert season, baby. It's Matt Pert season. And I'll take it. And listen, we still yeah. have guys like Will Hernandez, too. Andrew he, Thomas. Yes. We just got Andrew Thomas. Like we got like, we literally just had a first round pick on Andrew yeah. Thomas. Like we got it. Like, so when I read that commentary, it, like, it definitely brought me back to earth. And I was like, right. okay, you know what? I respect that. I truly do. Like we spent a lot of you know, again, a lot of real estate in the draft and a lot of time building them this season. The Giants were, while it was not a great season record-wise, mm -hmm. we did win games that really stood out to us. Our defense was the star of the show, though. Do and, I think we also, by the way, on a, on a positive note that I want to bring up, we found our head coach. We did. Hundred percent. Great. Like we, uh, the like we all love Joe Judge. We found our head coach. That's a that's a huge component. We definitely did. And while the defense and Joe Judge were the star of the show, I think the line did make some progress over they the did. season. They did. It just especially wasn't shown, in the, especially in the second half of the season. You saw that right. they grew. Right. So if we give them all the time in the world now and we're building out weapons for Daniel Jones, a now normal, a normal offseason, a normal camp, a normal. Let's, yes. Let's work on protecting now Daniel Jones, protecting yeah. his weapons. You know, the defense is good. There's things you definitely have to tweak and fix within the defense, but that's fine. It's minor. We found our, our mold there. So I that's what I originally thought. And like, I don't mm -hmm. have any other really thought like behind, I think the giants had a very solid draft in my opinion. I'm very, I was very pleased last year and I'm very pleased again this year. Yeah. Um, I think though, as soon as day three ended, I, that was my like head scratcher, but I forget, I forget who I read this from. So like, I'm not, I, I feel bad not giving credit, but it was a really good grounding experience. Like, yes, actually let's invest in the guys that we already have. And I, I like mm -hmm. that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, as far as things that I wish they did differently, obviously I could agree with you on the whole lineman thing. And then this isn't like anything that they could necessarily control, but like we were all pumped to like, after, like after everything settled, I think everybody was pumped about the haul that we got from Chicago plus oh, yeah. you know, a weapon in Kadarius Tony, but it did still leave like a really like, bitter taste in my mouth, knowing that the Eagles jumped us to get Devonte Smith. Oh. That really, really pissed me off. Um, I think if it had been any other team that did it, it just feels like typical Eagles fashion. It feels like a typical Eagles giants game where we're winning and we're about to win. And in the final seconds, they snatch it from us. That they traded with Dallas too. Like that's what left a sour thing in my right. Like you literally Dallas was the one that gave them that pick. Right. Like, like, it pissed me off, especially to learn after the fact, it was a well-known fact that came across all of social media um, and all over the internet that yes, the giants were taking Devontae Smith at 11. Like it was a, it was, that was done. Yeah. Um, so to know that the Eagles came up and got our guy, I'm sorry. I know he's a Bama boy and I know that you're going to root for him regardless yeah. of what team he's on. Same with like Jalen hurts and everybody. 
I'm going to be rooting that he sucks. Yeah. Because I, that it leaves a really, I'm going to hope that Kadarius Tony is like the biggest stud of all time and makes Devonte Smith look like shit because that's, that's going to like really make me feel better about that. Well, the good thing is that, you know, Devonte Smith is, you know, he's the all-star he's there. His name is in the spotlight. So with Tony, we're in a good spot where, you know, if you're, you're big into college for him, if you're big into college football and like, you're, you know, big into the sec, you're big into Florida, you understand who he is and things like that. And that's great. You know, he's got his fan base, but a guy like Devontae Smith, he goes to Alabama a lot. Everyone knows who he is. And he was a top, top 10 draft pick. He's been trophy winner. Obviously the, the biggest, the biggest thing off the humble. Okay. But like, so I obviously wish Devonte Smith like all the best. Um, it does leave a very sour taste in my mouth. It wasn't, you know, better that I was watching the draft with my boyfriend and Eagles fan. It all happened in real time. And I basically leaped over the couch and wanted to give a little choke how, out and be like, how, how dare you? How you do this, how you do this dating an Eagles fan will always be a mystery to me. But in all honesty, I think the fact that like the games are separated, so like we don't do games together, that's good for our mental well-being. And it's more so me being like the lunatic in the situation. Like I think, you know, I don't know. So like that's really it. But like that's that. But I just so the Eagles actually ended up taking up three people from Alabama. They took Landon Dickerson as well. I'm blanking on the third person. Heard, that, heard that the Giants want, but speaking of us getting linemen, heard that the Giants wanted Dickerson as well in the second and the Eagles snatched him as well. I know. I, yeah. one time, I know. One time. So that was, that was, so that was one of the, so I wasn't watching the second round with my boyfriend, but as soon as I saw that, I literally texted him. I was like, you mother effers took Dickerson too. I am not <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm glad I don't have a college team that I care about. But um, to to wrap it all up, unbiased. What is your what is your draft grade for the Giants? I have been reading so many different draft oh, yeah. uh, oh, grades, yeah. and it um it helps with. So you'll see the game we're playing later too. So it's been helping me yes. with like work for that. I've read so many. I wouldn't say like on average, like so, so many 10 to 15. I think I read and my eyes are like, I'm over the draft at this point. Like my (laughs) eyes are like bleeding. I'm over it. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, let's just start the season. Let's go people. Um, I want to say if I'm like taking my own opinion and being realistic and like pulling in from others too, I'm going to go with a B. I think it's very average. Um, I'm very thrilled if I really wanted to like give Caitlin's like totally bought, like bought everything and just like, we're the best. Like I'd probably do like a B plus a minus, but I have to pull myself in. I have to be realistic. I'm going to go on average. I'm going to give us a B. I think it's not a Wednesday. I think it must be freaky Friday. I think Caitlin and I have switched bodies. I'm going in a, I really am. And And I'm not, I'm not, listen, I think our viewers know that I am super critical of the Giants. Like when they suck, I will put it out there that they suck. Um, And I read one, there was one great article. I think it was from like maybe one of the Giants own websites. Um, And it kind of literally gave an entire laundry list. They pulled all the articles. Like this is what this website gave us as a grade. This is what they gave us. Um, and so there was probably like 20 and I want to say that like 90% of them gave us A's. So I agree. Like I, I honestly think 
We got steals in the second and third uh, with Ajilari. That was a steal. And then we ended up getting cornerback Aaron Robinson. Apparently, he was supposed to go like 20 picks earlier. Ajilari could have been a first-round selection. He's noted as one of the best pass rushers in the draft. That was another huge – we got a wide receiver and a pass rusher. Those were two of our top three that you and I said we wanted. Um, I I think they knocked it out of the park. I'm super impressed with them. And I sent an article to Caitlin earlier today um, from Gil Brandt from NFL.com. As far as agency and the draft, what five teams had the best offseason so far acquiring players? And the Giants were in that top five. So I don't think it's bad at all to just come right out and say it. I think they hit a home run. I think it's an A. Well, now that Katie said, hey, I will agree with her. All right, good, good, good. I I really do. I really, I'm so pleased with it. I really, really am. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, I don't think there's anything bad with like the B grade too. So, because a lot of these like analysts are very, very nitpicky. Yeah, you can nitpick. Um, You could, and you could, it's literally the stuff I, like I read things like, again, to like my eyes blood and like, it's like, you could literally like nitpick like everything. Like as much as we love football, I couldn't do that for my job. Like literally sit down and just like do all of that. Like that's a lot. Like I'm looking at things like high level, high level view. This is where we see it. But overall, all good. I'm happy that it's over. The stress is over and we did Mm -hmm. it and it's great. And I'm just now, now we're just like biting our fingernails and we're like, all right, let's go. Let's, we need preseason. We need camp. We need everything. Let's go. I'm just, I'm ready for September. Like, let's do it. So. Absolutely. Alrighty, we will come back to the draft uh, in a little bit. And it's mm-hmm. a draft holistically. So we're talking about every team, not the Giants. Right. But we wanted to give you the latest news on Hogoy, Aaron Rodgers, and all his drama llama, because there's some mm-hmm. drama llama going on. So on Thursday, news came out that quarterback Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled with Green Bay that he so he has told some people within the organization that he does not want to return to the team so Green Bay is well aware of the situation um and their president uh excuse me they had their president general manager and head coach fly out on separate uh trips to meet with Aaron Rodgers um just at, you know, various points during this off season to kind of, you know, flesh things out, talk about things. So like, you're that much of a diva. They all have to come to you separately. And like, all. The, first of all, come to you. I'd be like, listen, you play for me. You get your ass in here and we'll talk about it. So Tom Coughlin would have never done this shit. Joe Judge either probably. So I yeah. get very Tom Coughlin vibes from Joe yes. Judge. And I don't yes. think we like would not. They would not pull this. So uh, Green Bay has also made it known that they're not interested in trading Rodgers anywhere. So They might have to be. They, I think at this point, it it might be there. Um, The San Francisco 49ers uh, actually made a call to Green Bay last week about his availability. But, you know, uh, general manager John Lynch said uh, that he was quickly, you know, no, like it's not not happening and things like that. Um, so then in recently too, a report has claimed that Aaron Rodgers has a desire to play on the West Coast and the three teams on his wish list do include San Francisco, mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos, um, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know why he would want to go there, but whatever. Um, well, and there was- he, he is a California boy. And listen, he's now engaged to Shane Lee Woodley, who probably, you know, I, is well, people probably- say I look like, so who, if you yes. watch the show, do I look like Shane Lee Woodley? Um, Am I engaged? 
engaged to Aaron Rodgers. Apparently. I imagine that she lives in California, you know, Probably. being very active in acting. And I, I think it's just a West Coast thing. I think he has yeah. said, like, it's a West Coast thing. Yeah. So, um, but so um, there was even a rumor as well. All this, like a rumor, 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 right. drama llama, um, that he had his team tell San Francisco to come get him before yeah. the draft um but green bay wasn't budging um so obviously you know the uh niners went ahead and drafted trey lance so there's just a lot here and i think i use the word drama llama like silly in a silly way but this is silly it's we've been talking about this for a year like the three years that we've been doing this show like aaron Rodgers is a little like he's like a baby back bitch like he's literally a bitch I was just going to say the best article that I've read like in the last week is Terry Bradshaw coming out and calling Aaron Rodgers weak. And he's yeah. saying like, he's saying who, who gives a shit that they like drafted Jordan love last year. If you know, you're the man, if you know, you're like the MVP of the league, like this, that, like if you believe in yourself and you have confidence in yourself, who the hell do you care? I don't think he does. Like, I don't think he does have confidence in himself. I think Aaron Rodgers has always been one of the most selfish players in the NFL. It's me, 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 me. He he reminds me of somebody that probably at the end of the game, like, is sitting down and specifically counting his stats to see what he yep. did in the game. Doesn't like, care about anything. He really, truly only gives a shit about himself. I've said to this day plenty of times on our show, I think it's really sketchy that he has absolutely zero relationship with his family. What kind of person are you that you have no relationship with your family? It really makes me question things. Um, well, like, I just don't like this guy. I really, really, really don't like this guy. And I feel bad for Packers fans. I really do. And I think I might have said this last week on the show. Because I can't imagine my love for Eli Manning and him being a giant. And let's say in his final couple seasons, he just said, like, they drafted Daniel Jones. Like, hell no, I want out of here. Like, trade me. I don't want, I'm disgruntled. Like, I'm I mad. Like, I would be heartbroken, heartbroken. that we like that the Giants and Eli divorced like that. You know what I mean? And so I feel for Packers fans that they're in this situation. But it shows the character of your quarterback. Like, at the end of the day, I know you love him because he wins you football games. But he's kind of a piece of shit. Well, he is. So I think one of the best tweets I saw, so it's funny that you bring up his family. And I actually know, like, the backstory of the family because his brother was on The Bachelorette. And they they dove into it. And I actually didn't really know the backstory until his brother was on The Bachelorette. And, like, when it was going to meet the families, it was like, yeah, no, we're not doing that because – my or no I'm, we're going to meet the family but my brother won't be there and they right. explained the whole thing and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like, yeah this is aaron Rod- i didn't know this happens so, like that's when i found out about that but the best tweet i saw was like packer fans like are you really like that loyal to aaron Rodgers? this guy divorced his family he'll leave you in three seconds like i i it's essentially what i said like you're you're divorcing the packers like yeah so yeah uh well well we're hey who knows it's just so dramatic something came out today that he was like jokingly texting his teammates calling the general manager something i didn't really get the the context of like what he was calling him like you guys can look it up on twitter you can literally search aaron Rodgers. he was calling the general manager by another name i don't get it to be honest but like i'm not in no on things it was probably something bad because people are making a big deal out of it but he's just he's clearly just like kind of like taking this as a joke now and like it's like not okay like right well, and just, we're gonna we're gonna keep you guys posted, and yeah, even though like Green Bay stance, which 
rightfully so, is like, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. I think they will potentially find themselves in a situation where you might have to. Um, Listen, it's, it's the same it's, thing. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's the same thing with like the Texans. Like they were like, nah, we're not moving on. But this is on. uglier. This is way uglier. Um, and so they might have to answer some of those phone calls in regards to trade bait. Pick but, up the phone, Green Bay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our big stories of the week in Housewives. And I know that we are running uh, a little late because we have so much to talk about. So many we crazy do. things. And we got really good questions. Um, and I'm going to go through this quickly, this first Housewives story, because I feel like we will report on this in the future. And there's going to be a lot more to be said once it actually happens. But I want to talk about, and you have to be living under a rock not to have seen all of the things on so Instagram, good. TikTok. I'm not a TikTok person, but I know TikTok, Twitter, all that of the Real Housewives All Stars. Um, this is so a good. show that's going to be happening. We're going to let you know what we know so far. So members from different Housewives franchises recently jetted off to Turks and Caicos where they filmed an all-stars season. Um, I wish we knew. We could have gone to Turks and Caicos. I know, right? Uh, the women included were Teresa and Melissa from New Jersey, Kenya and Cynthia from Atlanta, Ramona and Luann from New York, and Kyle from Beverly Hills. So, you know, OGs, like le legends. They post a lot of things. Legends only. Yeah. Legends. Um, well, but they're missing like certain. Yes, legends. of course. So that's of course. why. But we'll like, get into that too. Um, more women were rumored to join, but a production insider said the largest size house they could book had seven bedrooms due to COVID protocols. Uh, so they stuck to seven women um, that were included. They they stuck with those seven. An insider also reported that Ramonia and Kenya got into a blowout fight the first day. Ramona also ran off to get the best bedroom in typical Ramona fashion. That apparently pissed off all the women. Um, I think I read that Ramona called Kenya a bitch on day one. So they get into it right off the bat. It looks like they all recover because they were all like posting yes. like they were all having a great time together. So I don't know how serious it was, but the series is set to be called Real Housewives Mashup. Uh, this is my, my bummer. It's reportedly sh uh, going to stream on NBC's peacock sometime in 2021 caitlin and i do not have peacock we're gonna have to invest because there's no way in hell we are I missing think, this. so i think peacock is actually free no on so, demand. so i think it's free if you just like so if you do like a hulu i think it's oh. like free but if you want or, like, or potentially we could do one of those like oh try it for a month for free and we just gotta like binge it but they've been like, honestly, they've been promoting Peacock so much on TV yeah. lately. And yes, okay, so everyone watching, I'm still an old lady and watch regular television. I have Amazon Prime and Netflix too. I'm not that much of an old person, but I still watch regular TV. Right. And they've been like promoting like the crap out of Peacock. And what yeah. I notice is that, so it is, I think you can get a free subscription, but I yeah. do think if you like really want like the good goods, like it's like you have to pay. So I feel like this is going to be a... a a good, good package. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, no set date has been announced. Um, but like I said, sometime in 2021 and I read that it will likely air during the summer. I think yeah. they were only there for like, it looked like they were there for like a week. 
Right. I don't really don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but the pictures were amazing. Seeing so these women. I mean, this is essentially what Caitlin and I have been dreaming about since the start of the real football fans. Yes. We gave them this idea. Wanted mashups. We have always talked about it. Always. Pull um, the receipts. The, we gave them this yeah, idea. For real. For real. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Can't wait to tell you more about it once yeah. we find out. And also once we watch it. So. I'm so excited. Like, it's yeah. just, these pictures have been like sending me to heaven every oh, day. Like, oh, life, just life, giving me pure, pure bliss looking at all of these women. I love that it's across all borders, too. Yeah. Obviously, we're missing like Orange County, we're missing Dallas. Um, oh, your husband yeah. just commented Peacock has a free streaming option. Yes, yes. So, thank you. He tried, to, he tried to whisper that to me, and I, I ignore him when he adds his little two cents when he's listening to the show. So. <laughs> I, I appreciate that he whispers. Yeah, yeah. Free, free version! <laughs> I'm happy. It's okay. Uh, Chris threatens to walk by my door every night while we're streaming and saying, go Eagles. So it's oh okay. God. At least, at least Frank whispers. So I, yeah, I appreciate like helpful commentary. Helpful. We don't need the non-helpful commentary. No, no, so. we don't need that. We will look into the free subscription for sure, but yeah. obviously Katie and I will make the investment if we have to. This is truly and you know, a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. We have to watch it. So we have to, get to, we have to tell you guys the good goods. We're not going to not watch it. So right. if you guys will start to go fund me, you guys can pay us <laughs> to watch. So it's like probably like 30, it. so it's, not, it's, not, it's probably like $10 a month. We're probably. Go fund me. Everyone donate 25 cents. <laughs> we need the money, but alrighty. So real quickly on our second story. Um, mm -hmm. So Bethany, she has a new reality TV series. Right. Um, so, and I, I've heard, I've heard mixed things from just looking yeah. at the Twitter. Um, so she is back on your TV screens. Um, she has a new competition reality show. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's called the big shot with Bethany. Um, so it's following, she needs a search. So she's on the lookout for a VP of operations at skinny girl. Honestly, yeah. now that I'm reading this and I'm looking and I've been watching, I truly have seen like some of like the clips, like I should have applied to this and I could have been. That would have been awesome. I could have been it. I could have been your girl, Bethany. Yeah. You probably already found her. Um, so we do have a quote from Bethany. Mm -hmm. So this is what she said. So this is such an authentic need for me. So why would I not capture it um, as a great show? I lucked out that this is a pandemic and a time where people are really struggling for employment opportunities. It really matters how you set yourself apart and that you have the tools and the takeaway uh, to be nimble and versatile in the workplace. So to go through this, oh, excuse me, this authentic job interview process, that was a valuable, that was valuable for me. Because I need to find people that can really do what I need versus just hiring the first people I meet. So I get it. And again, I've seen a couple of clips from the show and they're kind of funny. So, um, but so uh, Bethany said of, uh, said hours of vetting ahead of time went down to make sure that the people in the process weren't just there to become famous. So if you watch, I know I brought up The Bachelor before, if you watch The Bachelor, that's one of the biggest things people they like don't background check these people on The Bachelor. Like they just come on to become famous. Like they literally yeah. are there to like, they don't care. There's like, hey, like 
I'm a singer, actually. Like, I don't care about love. I'm oh, going to sing for you. Or I'm going to, here, now I got kicked off. I'm going to become a, an influencer for this, like, skinny cocktail brand or whatever. Yeah. Um, so everything like that. So everything like that. So um, Bethany said nothing is off limits with the show. Um, so it does portray, though, her personal and business life. So obviously, like, the recent engagement with her. So yeah. excited to see what unfolds with that um, right there. Um, and then reviews so far seem negative uh, with the headlines. Like I said, like I, I don't think negative is what I've seen. I think some people are just kind of like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. um, so, so the headlines include Bethany Frankel's new HBO show is a miss. That's what BuzzFeed said. Um, and then the big shot with Bethany is a relentlessly negative blast on boss culture by variety. The show is officially premiered. Um, excuse me, it officially appeared, premiered on HBO Max this past Thursday. So I do want to debunk the whole like negative boss culture thing. I think Bethany would be a phenomenal boss. And we've seen her on Real Housewives of New York. We've seen her, she's had off shows, one-off shows on Bravo. She, you know, is now entering this one. She's been on Shark Tank. I follow her on social media. In mm -hmm. no way, shape or form do I think she represents a negative boss culture. Yeah. I do not think that. I truly believe that she is a good boss. And if she's mm -hmm. a hiring a vice president of operations for Skinny Girl, I think she's hiring the right person. And I want people to understand too, that Skinny Girl, I'm pretty sure is a publicly traded company and it might be. Okay. So that, well, even if they're not publicly traded, they still have a board of directors. So it's not just Bethany picking this person. Right, right, so right, right. She has a board and she has like mentors that are helping her pick this too. So it's not just up to Bethany. So this is Caitlin putting on her business cap and sharing yeah. the realistics with the real world right now. So right. maybe on the show, like all you guys see is like her and like portraying this or like acting right, or like whatever, right. but like, there are other people that come into the decision on this. And I do think at the end of the day, she would be a, a good boss. So, yeah. but what I've been seeing, it's not, those negative headlines are not what I've been seeing on Twitter. I saw like some kind of like a funny commentary, like they were trying to like set up like a social media stream for something, which I don't think a vice president of operations should be doing really. And I'm not, I, listen, I work in social media. I'm not shitting on my own job. <laughs> like, if you're a vice president, or something, like, that shouldn't be like in your job description. But like, that was one of like the clips that I saw, which is like super weird. And like, I don't know. So I think like the what I've been seeing on Twitter is people that they think it's just kind of like a weird show. Yeah, listen, my my quick take is, um, whether it was Bethany, Michael Strahan, freaking Tom Call, whoever it was, whoever I love, uh, just the concept of the show is not really a show that I think that I would watch. It's not really something I'm interested in. Would love to see Bethany on TV again, but I'm more interested in their personal life rather than the business side of things. Yeah. Um, it's just the, the format of the show is just not a typical show that I would watch. So regardless of the fact that it's Bethany, um, it's, it's going to be a no watch for me. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our game for the night. This is draft related. As we told you, we are doing a game called Draft Day 2021. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, we got 10 questions. We'll keep it rapid fire, um, but we definitely wanted to address what everybody did in the draft and what our general thoughts were. I think it was a great one. We knew it was going to be a great one. 
Let's dive right into it. Uh, question number one, what five teams do you think had the best draft? And they don't have to be in order. Mine aren't. In yeah, order. I was going to say that in no particular, because that would have added an extra level of complicatedness to this. Yeah, because, no, guys, we do a lot of research. The draft is long, so don't, and there was a lot of going on in the draft. So I'm going with the Jets, the, the excuse me, the Bears, the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Broncos. I do have one little like asterisk here for the Broncos. They did get, in my opinion, the top cornerback and the top running back in the draft. So good for them. And obviously, listen, I didn't mention the Jaguars. They clearly got the best quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, but they're not in my top five. They're probably an easy top five pick for probably anyone. Maybe they're in yours, but I did leave them out, but I didn't want to like leave them out totally like Duh, they got Trevor Lawrence. But right, right. those were my top five, excluding the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I'm, I, I think a lot of teams had good drafts, so I'm, I wasn't necessarily expecting to, like, have matching answers. We do have one team that is the same. Just one. Uh, just one. But, like, I, like, I agree with, like, yeah. a lot of the ones that you said. So they could have been, like, my honorable mentions. Um, but I'm going with the Cleveland Browns, the one team that we had the same, uh, the Chargers. I went with the Miami Dolphins. I'm biased. I'm throwing in the New York Giants. And I do yeah, like yeah. I do like your Jets pick. Yeah. It's more so for me, like if Zach Wilson pans out, they knocked it out of the park. Like I'm just, you know, I'm keeping it cautious. And it's other picks too. I'll actually bring that up. It's yeah. other picks too. So um they did great. I I, I do. They're yeah. not my five, but uh Cleveland Chargers, Miami, Giants, Minnesota. Cleveland traded up uh and got Jeremiah Awusu Kormoa, uh linebacker from Notre Dame at 52 in the second. That was yeah. a steal. Chargers' first two picks were phenomenal. Rayshon Slater and Asante Samuel Jr. Miami's two first picks, loved them as well. Jalen Waddle and defensive end Jalen Phillips. Uh, and then Minnesota had a nice trade with the Jets in the first to pick up draft picks and still land a solid player in offensive tackle Christian Derisaw. So that's I'm happy that you picked the Vikings player. because I feel like they kind of slid under the radar yeah. of like a good draft. So like yeah. I'm very happy that Why you picked we had them. a good draft. Yes. All right, number two, what five teams do you think had the worst draft? I think so, this was a little bit easier for me. Yeah, it was, but I still was, as I was, like, looking at, like, 15 grades. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of questionable on some of the bad grades that some teams got. So maybe we won't match on things here. Okay. Um, so I went with the Texans, the Packers, mm -hmm. Seattle, the Cardinals, and the Raiders. Um, so pointing out specifically, so for Seattle, um, they did take a wide receiver three in picks. the second. Only three picks. I know, I know. It's in that, that that like killed me. Like so when I saw that, I was like, God, imagine. So they did go with a wide receiver in the second round. So I do want to point that out. And I'm, I'm blanking on the individual, so I, I apologize for that. Um, but apparently he's a guy like that would fit in like a DK Metcalf that Seattle can mold and they can turn into a superstar and like really good. But let's not forget all of the off-season drama with Russell Wilson and that he needs a line. And if you don't have a line, your quarterback's not throwing to your wide receiver. So don't I don't trust this pick in that this kid will pan out in Seattle when what no who knows what's gonna happen in Seattle? Who's what's panning right. out in Seattle? We don't know. Right. And then for the Cardinals, I think that might be eyebrow raising for some people with me, but where I see it is that. They took another wide receiver. They didn't need another wide receiver. 
They even tweeted out in the first round because people wanted them to take a wide receiver in the first round. They tweeted out, why why do we need a wide receiver when we have DeAndre Hopkins? They literally took a wide receiver in the second round. Why did you tweet that out? Like, why did you tweet that out? Like, don't tweet that out. Um, But where I'm looking at is that you have DeAndre Hopkins. You just, I'm forgetting who they just signed in free agency. They brought us someone really good. You have Kyler Murray, who you have to pay in like a year or two. This is AJ Green. They brought in AJ Green, right? Is it him? They did just bring someone. They're going to have to pay regardless. They're going to have to pay regardless. So why don't you focus on this draft and throw everything into the draft for a couple of guys that you're not going to have to pay for X amount of years? They are so totally screwed in two seasons when they're going to have to pay so many people and they're going to have no money, no cap space, nothing. This was the draft that they had to throw everything into and they didn't, in my opinion. So that's why I gave them a bad draft pick. All right. Well, we have three out of the five same teams. So we are on the same page. I'm going with the Houston Texans, the Las Vegas Raiders, Seattle Seahawks, New Orleans Saints, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So um, the Saints I saw on a lot of us. Yeah. Things, yeah. I, that was one of the ones that I, I kind of struggled with. I only have a couple of quick comments, not even about all five, but um, I did say that Houston did not have a first or a second round pick because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. And then their first pick was Stanford quarterback Davis Mills in the third. So that was kind of like, oh, you're finally there. And like you took you a quarterback. quarterback. I don't know. Um, the Raiders picked Alabama offensive tackle Alex Leatherwood. No offense, but I thought that was way too early at pick number 17. Uh, New Orleans, in my opinion, I feel as though they wasted a fourth round pick uh, picking quarterback Ian Book from Notre Dame. Uh, you've got Jameis. You know, you've got what's his face. I'm bringing him up later. I thought it was a good pick. <laughs> no, I don't like that pick. I don't like that I pick. do like it. Um, <laughs> I, you just didn't, like, I, I don't know. I felt like if you really wanted to take a quarterback, okay. maybe get in the mix earlier. I, I don't know. Didn't like it. All right. Question number three. What was a first round pick that you loved? So I really couldn't, like, pick between... I had I two here and I couldn't pick between the two of them. So I'm going with Quiddy Pay to Indianapolis and also Penny Sewell to Detroit. So I'm thinking about uh, the Colts and the Lions here with two new quarterbacks. Obviously, uh, Pay is a defensive player. So, but if you're molding in Carson Wentz into a Colts team that is on the rise, doing pretty well, so bringing in a brand new defensive player with a new quarterback that's going to mold with the offense. So you want your defense to be strong. I love that pick for them for sure. And then Penny Sewell to the Detroit Lions. So is Jared Goff a new quarterback in the NFL? No, but he's brand new to a shitty Detroit Lions team. So adding in a solid lineman there, I love that pick for them. So these were two picks that I truly did like for these two teams in the first round. I went with two answers as well. I have a theme to mine. I'm going with two offensive tackles. I agree with you. Penny Sewell going to Detroit at seven. I don't think they were expecting to see him there at that point. And honestly, like as soon as he went, all anybody could say was all pro. He's going to be an all pro. He's going to be an all pro without a doubt. He's going to be an all pro. That to me is like, that would be music to my ear. Um, so that, that was great for Detroit. And then I'm also going with offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. That was somebody I thought maybe the Giants would take at 11 before we traded, ends up going to the chargers at 13. So I think that was a nice spot. you got a young quarterback as well. Love those two picks. Number four, what was the most head scratching pick of round one? 
I want to go with cornerback Eric Stokes to the Packers. Mm, I'm still, I'm still wondering why they're not. And if they're all like, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers, and why are you not giving him weapons? I don't understand it. Like, so why do you go cornerback round one? So again, like if you're really sold on him when he's he was also just a name that I didn't really see that much, like necessarily going in the first. I don't know. Yeah, there was definitely other ones because we did see a lot of. People, a lot of dropping this draft, yeah, dropping yeah, yeah. to good teams. I won't like, like shit on anyone that dropped because they actually fell to very good teams. Like it was good fits, but that was just definitely a head scratcher for me. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of mentioned it before. I went with offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood to Vegas at yeah. 17. Too early. I know uh, a lot of people had the Raiders on their worst draft grades. because, And I think that plays a part in it because – he, he was just taken too early. If that's your guy, that's fine. But, like, trade back, do something. John okay. Gruden. I don't take offense. John <laughs> Gruden and Mike Mayock do some weird-ass things in the draft. They are weird. They are strange. They do not go by the book. And sometimes that could be a good thing. But in this case, I, I didn't like it. Well, that was like one of like the best like um, analyst things that I read. It was about the Raiders. And that was like the whole commentary. It was like, they do, they do this weird stuff. And sometimes it pans out, but when it doesn't, it really doesn't. So they said like after year after year, if you really do look at it and analyze, it does, it's not in favor of them. So why do they continue to do stuff like this? Yeah, they're funky. Um, Question (laughs) number five, what first round pick did you not expect to be taken when they were. We spoke about this the night of the draft. Um, I, I'm going to say maybe we, I did say that I saw uh, a mock draft, like literally moments before our show that Mac Jones was going to drop 15 to oh, the Patriots. Yeah. And I said that I did not expect that at all. And right. what happened literally right. storybook ending and fa- fairy tale ending for the Patriots yeah. he fell right to them and I just didn't and I'm not this is no bias from me being a Bama fan I really didn't think he would drop to 15 so yeah uh they just that easily there, just like that up. yeah good answer good answer um we talked about this in our draft show which is why I thought maybe we were going to say the same one even though you see, you had your number five pick, you had Cincy taking Jamar Chase. And I was so sold in my mind. I could not be convinced otherwise that they were taking Penny Sewell. Like, I was like, I don't so care dumb. who reunites Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. They've got to be batshit crazy if they don't take Sewell. Thank and you. honestly, honestly, we might be looking back at this pick in a couple seasons and could potentially be saying like Jamar Chase is a good player, but wow, look at Penny Sewell. Like they should have taken him. I thought I literally, and I said I was it on very the show, surprised. it'd be a huge mistake. And I know we were like, it could well, it'd be a very big mistake. I think it is. It's going to yeah. be. I was very surprised. Yes. Number six, what first round pick, uh, like player who was in attendance at the draft gets your vote for best dressed? I got to go with Jalen Waddle. He just looked Ooh, phenomenal. Right? A, he lot was of my, a lot of all white, right? No. So he was in a black, it was like a black, like kind of pattern almost, or maybe it was like oh, a like charcoal gray. Yeah. And then he had the glasses. He just looked phenomenal. He really, he wore the sunglasses. I loved how a lot of people on Twitter pointed all out business, that like, all business. So, 
a couple of guys wore the sunglasses and like a lot of guys were like, we're so happy that sunglasses indoors are back now. Because <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a draft thing to wear sunglasses. So yeah. obviously last year we didn't get that uh, that feeling because it was remote, but we got it back this season. I just thought he looked great. Um, I thought a lot of the Bama boys looked good. Like Devontae Smith looks so Going cute. with the Bama boys because I said Devontae Smith. I even he looks I even so texted, darn cute. I even texted oh. Caitlin during the draft and said he looks sharp. Uh, oh. I find out when I like after the fact that his suit was actually, uh, they're calling it a robe, but it like had a little tie thing. Well, like, yeah. Where it tied like a robe, which I didn't realize, but Such I was cute. Like, cool. It's different. Like, and he looked really, really sharp. He so. looked so cute. I love him. I love him. Number seven, when the Giants were found themselves on the clock at number 20, uh, who did you think the pick was? I don't think any of us thought Kadarius Tony. I did not. And I don't have a specific name. I just truly okay. thought we were going to take an offensive lineman. I just, okay. at that point, I really thought it was going to be a lineman because, you know, you know, Dickerson was still on the board. Obviously, he was a second round pick, but we were 20. So he was there and there was other guys there. And I just... I don't know. I just, I really thought linemen. So I can't really, oh, excuse me, offensive linemen who are those okay. who are nitpicking, listening to us. I just, I, um, and I, I can't give a name. I just really position wise. That's really what I thought it was. I was a hundred percent convinced that it was Quiddy pay. Um, because yeah. I heard mock drafts that had us taking Quiddy pay at 11. I know so he was, was still okay. there. It's funny. Need, yeah. need a pass rusher. Like I was like, it's a, it's a thousand percent Quiddy pay. So, yeah. um, I was surprised, but happily surprised. And I'm very excited to have Kadarius Tony for sure. Oh, absolutely. Number eight, what were three picks you loved on day two? And day two included the second and the third round. All right, so I'm going with Jackson Carmen to the Bengals. So he is an offensive tackle out of Clemson. So he is, you know, uh, SEC you know, boy. Another SEC boy. So I think he, I think he's Clemson. I could be wrong, but I think he's Clemson. But whatever, go ahead, guys. But regardless, protecting. Joe Burrow, that's the most important thing. Why took you to the second round? Um, And I am going with Aziz Ajulari to the Giants. I think that was a huge pick for us. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Such a steal. Amazing. Such a steal. Um, And then I'm going to go with Elijah Moore to the Jets. So wide receiver out of – a lot uh wide receiver out of Ole Miss, obviously mm-hmm. another player that I'm very familiar with. I right. hate Ole Miss. I love I love that Eli went there and was successful, but I hate Ole Miss, obviously. Huge yeah. rival to Alabama. So I obviously know what Elijah Moore is capable of. Right. Um, but why I love the pick so much, the Jets, and why I put them in my top five is not only did they get Zach Wilson, they're now developing around that. They're giving him weapons. They didn't need, gave him a weapon. I love that pick for them too. They, which, which is honestly why. Like when you added them in your in your top five for best drafts, like they if Zach if Zach Wilson pans out, then yes, this is an A plus yeah. draft because I really like what they did throughout the whole thing. But they picked around him when they specifically including that pick. But when they drafted Sam Darnold, they didn't do anything after that. There was nothing. There was it was like it was radio silence. Right. They actually they did stuff to try. Yeah, they did stuff in this draft, right. and like right. I like that to me was impressive. And Elijah Moore was very impressive. Yeah. All right. Uh, day two, second and third round. My three answers just have a theme, and it's the fact that these guys went 
later, they could have gone earlier. Yeah. That's my theme. Um, so my three players, I'm going with Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey to Kansas City. That's a good one. 63. Uh, he was actually the second to last pick of the second yeah. round. Uh, I went with Florida State cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. to the Chargers at number 47. Mm -hmm. And I'm going with Georgia linebacker Aziz Ajilari to the Giants at number 50. I was so excited about that pick. Yeah, I was honestly very, like, very excited. God, about like that was the one where you like jumped off the couch yes. and you were like, yes, like hell yes. yeah, like good stuff. Um, but yeah, no, that the one with the with Kansas City, I think that was a good, a good pick too. They it's so yeah. funny because like Katie and I were texting too, like, God, like leave like leave us alone, Kansas City. Like, you don't need anyone right, else. Right? <laughs> like, they shouldn't even be allowed to draft. Because they had a good um, draft. Like, I had some people give them – I saw some people give them an A, and I was like, damn it, like, stop. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah. Question number nine, um, and I'm just going to tell you, I, I only have one player listed, but are there any names that stick out to you from rounds four through seven? Yeah, so I have three guys. Um, so I got yeah. a shout-out to my Bama boys because, you know, again, uh, Alabama – And you know them. That's the problem with four through I seven. Know. You don't necessarily know everybody, so I'm not surprised that you – can yeah. shed light on some Bama boys. And that's why, like, I got to be honest to our fan base right now. Like, when it comes to these rounds, I'm totally, like, kind of checked out. But, like, I do keep an eye out, like, for my yeah, Bama boys. I do know who they are. So I do want to shout out. And if I did, I have two guys on here. I do. If I miss someone, I, I feel like an idiot. But I don't think I did. Um, okay. So both in the sixth round and both to the Carolina Panthers, I got to oh. go shout out to Deontay Brown and Thomas Fletcher, uh, two yeah. Bama boys going over to the Panthers. So I do want to give them a shout out for sure. And I know you mentioned it before and you thought it was a bad pick. I thought it was actually a pretty decent pick. So Ian Book, uh, Notre Dame quarterback to the New Orleans Saints in the fourth round. Um, yeah. I actually... I don't know what their quarterback situation actually. I don't think it's that strong in my opinion. So, and I, well, I, I don't think, think it's strong. But so why not take? Because I don't think Ian Book adds like makes it better. Like I just think you added somebody that's not going to pan out the way. Like yeah, at the end of the day, Jason, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill are not the answer. Ian Book's not going to be the answer either. Taysom like, Hill is always just. Taysom Hill is always going to be with the organization. That's it. I've honestly, right, right. I'm, that's something that I'm literally like at the hill I'm going to die on is that Taysom Hill, the hill I'm going to die on, is that he is literally just going to be there and he's going to be that option for them. And he's not going to move on. He doesn't have the balls to move on to an organ, another organization. Yeah, and because he's not going to be like ever a starting quarterback. Um, no, and nor is another team going to pick him up because I think the yeah. Saints have really developed what they have with him. And is Jameis the answer? No. So why not? If the fourth round, I don't think Ian Book is a I bad just, quarterback. Because I, I still like the fourth round. Like, I feel like you could still get some really good dudes. You're not wrong, but I don't think they did bad before him. And what else? I'm looking at the Saints team, who's a phenomenal team. Who out? Who did you really lose? You lost Drew Brees. That's it. I know it's a big loss, but like. Yeah. So yeah. I like that pick. I liked it for them. All right. All right. Well, one name really stands out to me. Um, and I actually predict, I happened to be catching it on TV, uh, paying attention four through seven. And I called it right before it happened. And I thought, wow, phenomenal pick. I'm going with UNC running back, Michael Carter to the New York Jets. Wait, uh, fourth <laughs> round, number 107. Uh, again, giving a lot of credit to the New York Jets, adding another offensive weapon. You know what my favorite thing about this is? People always poo-poo taking a running back in the first round. And, and 
I understand. You can you can hear both sides of that argument, right? Works out for us. Just yeah, it just depends on the player. Um, Michael Carter. A lot of people had him rated as the third or fourth best running back. Everybody had him in their top five. So if you need a running back and you need some offensive weapons and you landed him in the fourth round, yeah, kudos to the Jets. Honestly, that was a phenomenal pick. And that that is a pick, like I just said, like the fourth round. I still like the fourth round. Like you can get guys. Yeah. I thought that was an A-plus pick for them. It really was. And like, and again, like just like touting the Jets as much as it kills me. Cause like we don't, you know, whatever. It's all right. It's whatever. Maybe but it, it. I do love the pick too, because now two Michael Carters are going to the Jets yeah. and they are both teammates. And the Twitter exchanges between the two of them have been absolutely hilarious. So I think, what are the odds? Obviously, one of them is Michael uh, Carter the second, and the other one is just Michael Carter. But I, so the jerseys will look a little funny. So it'd be Carter two, Carter one, but I, or, <laughs> or just Carter. But thing, I absolutely thing, thing one and thing two, thing two. But you absolutely love it. So I, 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 I love to see that. It was really funny. So. Yeah. And then last but not least, question number 10, which first round quarterbacks will start week one of the 2021 season? All right. So I'm going with Trevor Lawrence, mm -hmm. Zach Wilson, and I'm going to round it out with Justin Fields. I went, I went with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, and I put parentheses, maybe Justin Fields, <laughs> because I, I think he's going to start. I think, I think, um, you do I don't think you don't I think you do have a great opportunity to like start the veteran and like and I'm when I say start the veteran I mean maybe for like three or four games why trade right? up to not start I, I know I know I know but hear me out like I mean we took Daniel Jones at six he didn't start right away we had Eli Manning and I know Eli True. Manning is, that's different <laughs> but um factual but I think I think unless Justin Fields like looks unbelievable in like camp and preseason and he could yeah. um i think they're gonna go starting the veteran route right. and i think for a couple yeah. of games they're gonna let andy dalton take things and then justin fields will come in yeah all right that's fair phenomenal game love the draft what oh, a good yeah. one. Oh my god um, i think I'm, I'm over it though i think i'm over the draft of this i need to take like a week vacation from the draft talk though girl but i am ready for 2022 draft when we got no katie first I, round picks baby let's go i'm ready to i'm gonna like, read my mock i'm gonna read my mock drafts right now <laughs> i was just about to say that like someone did post like a 2022 mock draft already and i literally like it sent me to the That's grave hilarious. it sent me to the i couldn't do it i couldn't do, like pump the brakes but all righty, it is that time of the night where we get it off our chest. Positive, negative, football, housewives, wine, margaritas, because it's Cinco de Mayo. Why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, last night was the Roni premiere. Um, almost even more enjoyable was a full cast. All the women from Roni were on Watch What Happens Live last night, right after the episode with Andy. And I just want to fill you in on like the couple of juicy tidbits, tidbits if you didn't watch tidbits. it. Tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was some juicy stuff. So if you missed out, I'm filling you in on some good stuff. Uh, they played a really fun game where they asked questions and Ramona was asked if, you know, that opportunity presented itself, would you have sex with Mario? <gasps> These were jaw dropping questions that we got. Oh boy. Um, she said no. And a lot oh, of people kind of shook their heads and didn't believe it. Leah openly said like she didn't buy it, no. but she said no. Um, they were asked, is Martin the best side character of Roni of all time? Every single woman said yes. Yes. 
Um, Ebony was asked specifically a lot of questions about the women, like who did you connect with first, who this first? And we see a lot of rift between her and Ramona, like in the trailer. She was asked, like, who did you have the most issues with? She said Luann. So um, that's going to be interesting to watch that play out. Um, but I, I do want to report that, like, while this was going on last night, she did seem to, like, be like cordial and friendly and not have issues with any of the women. Okay, like they good. all seemed like they got along. Um, Andy was bringing up like the fact that he loves like the Luann Ramona new friend BFF friendship, asking the ladies how long it was going to last, asking if they bought into it. Um, and then he kind of said in a funny way, like, Oh, I, I need like a name for this friendship. And so I'm just here to say that they're now, Lumona. I'm Lumona. Lumona. Okay. Lumona. So that's my name for them. I mean, it's pretty simple, pretty easy. You got to let them know. It's Lumona. So Lumona. we'll see Lumona. how long Lumona lasts. Um, and then last but not least, so happy he asked it. Um, Andy did ask about the Tinsley and Scott situation. Was everybody surprised? Um, would people want to see Tinsley come back? And Leah kind of took the answer because she is closest with Tinsley. Right. Um, she said, I'm not going to say anything too bad because I'm worried that maybe he'll shoot his lawyers at me. But she was like, I really think it shows like his his true character. Like Tinsley gave up everything, moved to Chicago um, and didn't really. And he, she was like, Tinsley's free now. So happy for her. I would love for her to come back. And Ramona chimed in as well and said that, uh, she thought it was like really disgusting and rude of him to like announce their breakup to the media. Um, yeah, it was really disrespectful and just again, like she was saying, showed showed his true character. So sounds like the women want her back. Let's get her back. I'm for Let's it. Um, that's my get it off my chest. Yeah, I mean, mine has to do with Roni too. Um, mine's just short and sweet. Like I just maybe not sweet. I don't know. So like it was like definitely weird. Um, you know, so we had like two seasons ago, we knew Bethany wasn't coming back and there was definitely right, right. a gap without her for sure. Um, but to have her and Dorinda not on this season and just with five women, it just, there was such a bigger hole in my opinion. Um, and obviously we didn't have Tinsley. So like, I know she's not there too, but to have two like dynamic women, yeah, yeah, Bethany yeah. and Dorinda, outspoken women, women who were in the middle of the drama, sometimes starting the drama. And every the best one-liners, like everything you know, that, that, yeah, like everything that that franchise like exists, like just so weird. I know it was only one episode, but I just, I was like telling Katie, like, I just, I always like was thinking like they would just, you know, zoom over to them or like their one, their interview, like their one-on-one -on -one interview part. Like I just, I was like waiting for it and I just think like, it wasn't there. And I know it was only one episode, but to me, you can just see the gap and feel the gap right away. So it sucks. Um, and I yeah, hoping... kind of a reason, kind of a reason why I use the word bittersweet. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that it pans out and yeah. you kind of like, I don't want to say I forgot about Bethany last season. Cause I, I definitely didn't. Um, Cause obviously I still like follow her on everything. So when right. I see her, I'm like, Oh, we're in like a previous season. Like obviously they've been showing like all yeah. New York episodes lately. So Katie and I have been like binge watching old seasons yeah. and stuff. So we're like, Oh, love it. Um, so we definitely miss her for sure. But like now without the two of them, like her and Dorinda, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, Oh God, like, I think the Dorinda one to me is just like still so shocking. So yeah, we didn't expect it. But like I said before, um, 
you know, I said it in the beginning of the show and I'll say it again now, like these five women, they got to bring it. They really yeah. do. There's a lot of pressure for them to bring it and to, yeah. you know, make it what we are used to seeing, which is it being our favorite franchise. So absolutely. So we'll see. All right. Well, thank you for sticking with us. We obviously had a lot of post-draft thoughts that we had to fill you in on. We had to give you the goods and a lot of other great stories tonight. But as far as things that you want to watch this week, uh, New Jersey is on tonight in five minutes. And we also have Real Housewives of Atlanta Reunion Part 3 on Sunday at 8. That's wrapping up. Roni Episode 2 will be on Tuesday at 9. Dallas will be on after Tuesday at 10. And the NFL schedule release is one week away, people. So I'm excited to break that uh, down and see what that will look like. Who's going to be opening up the season? A lot of good things still ahead. So thank you for joining. Happy Cinco de Mayo. If you're drinking marks like Caitlin, enjoy. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.